0: Galatians begins with this little scenario where Paul is uh, confronting Peter. Peter has been sitting with a bunch of uh, Gentiles and he was having his, his, um, you know, his kati rolls along with them and he was like uh, chilling with the with the Gentiles and then some boys came in from, from James in Jerusalem. These are Jewish fellas and as he, they walked in, Peter kind of jumped up and went and sat with them and even the Jewish fellows who were with Peter kind of felt odd so they went to stick around with, the, with their homies, you know, their, their old boys and they went and sat down with them and paul is like no uh, 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 no 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 this is not how it's working if you're going to do this now you are setting a tangent you are on a slight tangent which is going to end up in a heresy and that's the job of leadership that's the job of leadership or, or sometimes you find leadership nitpicking at small things sometimes you find a le- leadership saying no to what you what you consider a very small change or an or a, or an adjustment or a compromise But leadership is about vision. Leadership is about seeing into the future and how this slight deviation, this slight tangent, could result in a very broad miss of the purposes of God in the future and that is good leadership and that leadership comes from the leading of God's spirit in a, in, a, in a man's heart as he sees this is not a good direction that we are going in and even leaders need leaders to correct them and Paul corrects Peter who's a heavyweight from the time Jesus called his disciples out so He says, dude, this is not good. We don't need to be going in this direction. This is what is going. And that led to an opportunity for him to explain the theological understanding of our our justification in the Lord Jesus Christ, which we hammered out in uh, chapter five, first part of chapter five. But as he moves forward, he begins to unpack that whole issue of the two covenants. He even gave the analogy of the two women, Hagar and Sarah, a son of promise and son of, uh, um, of uh, Hagar, who is another covenant which represents Jerusalem here on earth, which is under bondage. We talked about that last time. If I haven't lost you already, let me quickly bring you back to what he is talking about here. So as he moves forward, he says, "We it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's verse one of chapter five, Ephesians. It is for freedom that Christ has fed, set us free. Now only a fool, only an ignorant person would who is free go back to slavery. In, uh, in terms of going back to Judaic or Juda- uh, uh, Jewish laws, that is called apostasy, it's called apostasy. So these believers who were Jews were returning to a way of life, returning to a Judaic system, having become believers. And he's like, you knew from the beginning. And this is just a recap. You knew from the beginning. And you as Jews having the law had already known that you cannot get justification by the law, by doing the law. You cannot get a righteous standing, a righteous tappa, a righteous uh, certificate by obeying the law. You knew that you who had the law. Now you're expecting those who don't have the law to live by the law. How ridiculous is that? And when we ourselves who have the law have turned to Jesus Christ for justification, which is a gift and not uh, uh, a getting, then we how can we expect the Gentiles to do any less? And on that point, he then talks about moving into freedom moving into freedom freedom must come from the spirit of God and not from the laws of God freedom has to come from the Holy Spirit working in us so as he comes down to chapter 4 at the end of chapter 4 he and then into chapter 5 he says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free he unpacks that even further and I did that well with you last time so I'm going to go back go down to verse 18 which is where we left off last week he says but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And this is where I want us to pay attention. You are intelligent people. You're probably one of the smartest churches uh, in North India. Uh, so you can, I mean, if if children sitting here can get what I'm saying, everybody can get it. So I'm not going to pander you with, with, uh, with gimmicks, oratory gimmicks and jokes and stuff like that. I know you can get this stuff, so he says in this one statement, which is a very important statement, verse eighteen in your Bibles chapter five verse eighteen, but circle but square but, if you are led by the spirit, if you are if the Spirit of God is leading you, you are not under the law. you are not under the law. so. When the Spirit of God leads you, it leads you under freedom, not under the law. It leads you in a different way of righteousness. Now, if you go under the law, you have to obey the laws and you have you get a righteousness that comes from the law. Last time I talked about us making up our own laws. We make up our own laws because those are the laws we are able to keep. And I make up a law like, for instance, you should not smoke. Why? Because I don't have a problem with smoking. And by by, I'm just taking a vague, very simple example here. I don't have a problem with smoking. Ten other guys have a problem with smoking. And and, and then I am able to very easily meet that law. And I feel righteous because I feel and then I am able to judge them. I'm able to uh, feel better than them, feel more superior than them. That's one of the issues we talked about. So any kind of self-reliance any kind of self-made laws with self-reliance is a self-made righteousness or we call it self-righteousness. And that is abhorrent to God. It is abhorrent to God. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law, either God's laws or your own laws. And last week I asked you to the to, to your heart, I asked you, have you made up any laws of your own? Is there any way you have created your own religion that, that will allow you to be self-reliant? Because that's what the flesh Wants. Remember, that's what we talked about. Those are the desires of the flesh. So let's go back to that and, 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 and build that as our foundation and take it forward. Verse 16, go back two verses to verse 16. But I say, walk by the capital S Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, there are two ways to look at the, the desires of the flesh. One way is in verse 16, where the desires of the flesh is self-reliance. I want to be righteous. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I can do it. Uh, I, I I can't make up God's laws, I may be, but I can make up my own laws. And I can be a good person. I can make up my own philosophy, my own concoction of, of relig- religiosity, of being a good person. And uh, my own truth, <laughs> to use Oprah's ter- terms, uh, I can make up my own thing. And then and in my own eyes, I can be a good person. I can be a good person. I can do it on my own. Self-reliance, dangerous. Day, that's the desires of the flesh. You leave it to the flesh. The flesh is going to give you a self-made religion. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Holy Spirit, capital S. They are opposed to each other. They are opposed to each other. Why? Because the righteousness that God wants cannot come from you. Man lawyer, the righteousness that God wants cannot come from you. It has to be a gift to you, it has to be through you, it has to be the work of God. Any self reliant righteousness is abhorrent to God. And God wants to do that through you, God wants to be holy through you. God wants to live out through you God wants to be loving through you self uh, self uh, controlled through you patient through you God wants to flow through you so that you feel the character of God and feel good about that rather than feel your own righteousness which is up one day down another day up one day down another day walk by the spirit Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, with his primarily self-reliance for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. So it keeps you from doing what you really want to do. Now, let's jump into verse 18. Again, he uses the word but or for or because, but if you are led by the spirit, there is no if here in the sense that maybe, maybe not you are, you are led by the spirit. He says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. What does that mean? You are not obligated to to be found righteous under the law. I repeat, you are not obligated to be found righteous under the law. Why? Because your righteousness has another source. You are being gifted in righteousness. Okay, so now he makes two contrasts. He makes two lists. And I got to warn you, I got to warn you, because you and I love lists. Ever since Moses came out with the iPad and, uh, and the Lenovo, we, we we love those tablets. You know, we're like, oh, 10, tab- 10, 10, 10 and 10 laws. And we think, okay, we've, he's got two tablets here and five must have been here and five must have been here. No, no, it was 10 here and 10 here. Because every time there is a covenant, each person gets a copy of the deed. So there was two copies. And God wrote with his own hand two copies. So that... That's the law right there. And you and I love lists. So the moment we see lists, we think, aha, there you go. So we start giving each other marks because we are from the Indian education system. So we start giving each other marks. Sexual immorality, hmm, okay, uh, okay, nine out of ten. Impurity, ah, ten out of ten. Sensuality, oh, I don't know, two out of ten. And we start we start uh, grading ourselves. The moment we love lists, we love laws. We love lists and we love laws. And he's not giving you this list as a New Testament format of the law, please. And when we get to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say the same thing. So over here, you have a list. So be very careful how you approach this list. He's saying that if you live by the law, if you live by the law, if you're not led by the Spirit and you're living by the law, this this is the work of the flesh. So first I said was the desires of the flesh... Firstly is self-reliance and the outcome of the flesh is this list. These are the other desires. This is what the flesh wants. The flesh wants sexual immorality. You don't want that. The flesh wants impurity. The flesh wants sensuality or the confusion of the sensuality. The flesh wants idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. You see any of this? It's the flesh it's not being led by the spirit this is the opposite of being led by the spirit you see any of this this is the indicator this is not a this is not a, a a grading this is not a measuring because you are led by the spirit but if you are led by the spirit if you see any of this in your life if you see any of this taking over in parts of your life and mind and heart and and and, and friendships then you know that the flesh is having victory so you go out to war. How do you go out to war? You go out to war with this. You take this by the... by the And you wield this 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 uh, this weapon that God has given to you. So you're getting me? Please get me. Don't go to this passage saying, Okay, God doesn't want me to be sexually immoral. God doesn't want me to... No, no you are not going to be that. You are led by the Spirit. You are freed from the law. You are not being graded by your sin. You're being graded by your sanctification. You're being graded by Christ's, uh, by the Savior's character. So you are not being graded anymore. Get over it. Never. You are not being graded for your performance. But if there is poor performance or if there is any of these things, it shouldn't be an indicator to you that the flesh is is leading you. But if you see the fruit of the Spirit, it is an indicator to you that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. Who do you want? If you are led by the Spirit, these are your indicators, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, strife, sexual immorality, strife, enmity, sexual immorality, sensuality, sorcery. That's your horoscopes. And all your Taurus and Capricorn and you know, and and prawns and whatnot. In the same list, in the same list, we we really think, you know, sex and murder, those are the big ones. in that And they're bad. They're bad. But in the same list, you also have fits of anger. Sound familiar? Don't point at each other. Rivalries. Rivalries. You know how people have love affairs? People also have hate affairs. You know the person you love to hate? That favorite person you're always talking about. You don't know. Ask your children. Ask your kids. They'll tell you which name keeps popping up all the time. And we have this favorite person we want to just keep uh, downing all the time. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy is in the same list. Jealousy is in the fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, constantly wanting one of the two parties to take your side. When you see a division, you want somebody to take your side or you want to take a side or being divided just for the sake of being divided. That's a fleshly thing. Now, that is not you. But if you see that, you know you're being led by the spirit, or by the flesh. So immediately go to the spirit. Immediately uh, surrender. Em- immediately convert envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then underline and things like these. The most important statement here, underline and things like these. I like that statement. I'm glad he put it there. You know why I'm glad? Because when you're writing a list of laws or rules, if you if you, if you went to the law book of India, uh, the Indian uh, law or, or any other country, or if you went to any law book, at the end on the last one wouldn't be and anything like this, and, and things like these. You wouldn't have that, because that's vague. That's ambiguous. So that can't be a law. So these are not laws. These are not laws. These are not things that you're saying, oh, stay away from this. Don't do this. This is not a don't do list. This is a sign list. This is a symptom list. If you are symptomatic of any of this, you are being led by the flesh because this is what the flesh desires. So as soon as you see it, guilt is a good, good uh, indicator. Guilt is equal to pain in the flesh. When you feel pain in the flesh, you know something is wrong. When you feel pain in your side, when you feel pain in your head, you know something is wrong. You know something is is not working right and you return uh, or you take medication in order to make it right. Uh, guilt is spiritual pain. Guilt is spiritual pain and confession is spiritual medicine. Confession is spiritual medicine. So. Look at this list and say, okay, that's a bunch of symptoms. And if I'm going to see any of this in my life, I need to know I'm not being led by the Spirit. So uh, Paul says here, I warn you. Paul says here, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things do not inherit the kingdom of God. They do not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, be, be careful. I cannot, I do not have the time to get into this, but inheriting the kingdom of God isn't salvation inheriting the kingdom of god is getting all that is god's getting all that is god's all that belongs to god uh, to 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 be in him with him and rule with him is yours and you cannot live in the spirit and be an, a, and be a recipient of the blessings of the kingdom of god when you are looking for the pleasures of the world and the flesh you cannot be enjoying the fruit of the spirit when you are enjoying the works of the flesh I repeat, you cannot be enjoying the fruit of the spirit when you're enjoying the works of the flesh. You don't have part spirit, part flesh working. It is either all spirit or all flesh. And God is either at work or He is not at work. And when he is at work, he takes over. I warn you, I warn you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Circle but in verse 22. Circle button verse 22. This is the sec- third but in this uh, passage. Verse 16, but I say walk in the spirit. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, these are almost the touch points at which you begin to stop and ask, how does it connect to the previous one? And this is good exposition. So first you have a list, but it's not a law list; It's a symptomatic list, a list of symptoms. Now you move to the next symptoms, uh, next list of symptoms, the symptoms of the spirit of God. If you are led by the spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you're going to show the fruit of the Spirit. Now, what I like is, and I want to point out to you, is that God uses these big two words here. Works and fruit. Works and fruit. Works means you do it. Fruit means he does it. Works means it's external to you. Fruit means it's internal for you. What a beautiful difference. What a beautiful difference. Let's not forget. It is not by us. It is not by flesh, lest any man should boast. The character of God is not something you can mimic. The character of God is not something that you try. The character of God is gifted to you, for you, and through you. I repeat, the character of God is gifted to you. It is for you, and it is through you. It's a gift. The character of God is a gift. Why should God give you his character? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Why does a father want... His character to flow into his son. Why does a, why does a son father take so much pride when people say, oh, your son is just like you? What a joy it is that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is not the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh are evident. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is a manifestation of God in us. A manifestation of God in us. I'm going to unpack that for you in just a bit as we close. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You got that? The difference between works and fruit. Where do works begin? For those of you who've understood behavior or you have studied behavior. Where do works begin? Works begins at a thought. A thought comes into your mind. That's the seed. The thought gives birth to uh, intention or will. And it goes through the volition of the heart. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And once it has gone through that, then it becomes an action. Then it becomes an action. And sinfulness, sinfulness is gauged at the thought level. Jesus said, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery in your heart. Jesus says, if you look at a person in your heart, you hate them. You have killed them. So God is going to the thought level. Why? Because your mind is God's resting place. Your mind is where God is working. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, I beseech you by the mercy of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the thought process begins an emotional process of do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? And from there on, it becomes action as soon as the opportunity presents itself. So if you've been engaging with the thought process of something, good or bad, and that's there and that's gauging, when the opportunity arises, you will take it, you will sin. You will take it, you will do good. When the opportunity, if that's what you've been thinking about. So the battle is the Lord's, and the battle is in the mind, and that is where the Spirit of God must reside. That is where the Spirit of God must work. That is where the fruit of the Holy Spirit's Fruit begins. So, if those lists, symptoms of the flesh, begin with the thought life, then even the work of the Holy Spirit begins with the thought life. And that is why you guard yourself with the Word. You guard yourself with the Word. You keep the Word in your mind constantly. The Word is in your heart, the Word is in your mind. Constantly, you are filling yourself with the Word. Not because you need to understand it and become a philosopher, become a a teacher of the word, but because you know that the word has power within itself. David said in the Psalms, he says, your word keeps me from sinning. Your word engages the the, the other thoughts. Your word fights my human fleshly thoughts and it is defeated. But when there's no word in my mind, my human fleshly thoughts, they run rampant. Fits of rage run rampant. Envy and enmity run rampant. Rivalries run rampant. They have no opposition. They have no force within me to counter them. So here I am positive thinking. Try to get rid of it. Try to get rid of it. That's not how it works. You fill your mind with the word of God you fill your mind with the word of god and the word of god goes to work to war against your human thoughts your your fleshly thoughts and it defeats the fleshly thoughts and if the thoughts are defeated at the thought level it never becomes a will level and if it's not a will level when the opportunity presents itself when the temptation stands before you bare naked you are not taken you are not taken you don't win with your pants down you don't win in the situation, you win in the mind. And that's where the victory is. So the spirit of God gives you the character of God. The character of God gives you the thoughts of God. The word of God gives you the thoughts of God. And when you have the thoughts of God coming from the voice of the word of God, those do the fighting for you. You don't have to. You don't have. This is not a list for you. This is a list of things God does through you. This is for you. I first want you to understand that. And then I'm going to unpack the gifts. We're going to open up like Christmas. We're going to open up the gifts. These are the gifts that God gives to you. It is the fruit of the spirit. And this is what he wants you to live with. Because every one of those fruits, they combat those fleshly desires. You don't have to fight it, my dear brother. You don't have to struggle with this, my dear sister. The word of God, the spirit of God, with the character of God inside your flesh, which is presented to Him as a, as a worthy offering. Romans chapter twelve, verse one and two, as a as a due offering. You present your bodies, and God does the work, and He goes to your, goes to work in your mind. This is for you. It's not. It's not just by you. You look at that terrible verse, that terrible uh, list in verse twenty-one, and you tremble. Then you look at the list in verse 22. I can't do this. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. I mean if you just tripped on love itself. When will you ever get to joy and peace and patience? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against there is such there is no law. Aha. Against this, there is no law. Oh, no, you're not getting it. No, you're not getting it. Against this, there is no law. That means there is nothing that the law condemns, which can be so powerful to, to go against or defeat. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is so powerful and it is so mighty. It is a gift to you. So here it is, my brothers and sisters. Listen very carefully. These are are the gifts of the Spirit of God to you. This is not the gifts of the Spirit in terms of uh, ministry talents and then which he gives for service. When I say it's a gift, I'm saying this fruit is a gift. This fruit is a gift so that you can get over yourself and you can stop feeling guilty that you're not loving enough. You're not joyful enough. You're not because you can't do it. This is the character of God. So surrender. Sin is too powerful for me. Lord, I need your your your, your strength for victory. The work of God is not by me. Lord, I need you to flow through me. I need you to combat my sin in my mind with your word and I need you to flow through my actions so that the actions that are coming out look like Jesus Christ. They look like Jesus. So you see a man, you see a woman that shows patience, that shows kindness, that shows goodness, that shows faithfulness. That's not that person. that's the that's the character of God flowing through that person. but who gets the credit? Who gets who looks good? The believer, the believer looks good. The believer looks like that he, that he is faithful, that he is peaceful, that he is joyful. And that is the <coughs> grace of God upon us. My goodness, what a joy. I need to wrap up. So he says, these are the gifts that are given to you. The fruit that is God's love. God's love. Let's not get into this. You need more of God's love in your life. Like as if it is for you. No, it is through you. <coughs> it is through you. So it is hard to love people. Enmity. Rivalries. Jealousies, fits of rage, fits of anger. That's all the opposite of loving people. And then the love of God flows through you and overcomes your character and gives them God's character. It is a gift. You need you need the spirit of God to work in you. You need the fruit of the spirit through you. It is a gift for you so that you can enjoy your life. Your life will be so much more stress-free, anxiety-free and, and people-free at least the tough people, if the spirit of God is flowing through you and bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. By the way, it's not, it's not, it is works of the flesh, but it is not fruits of the flesh. It's works of the flesh, but it's not fruits of the flesh. Fruit uh, is in its plural term fruit. It is just fruit. So when fruit is born, all the fruit is born. It's not Oh, on love, I'm doing pretty good today. This week, I've been pretty good on love. I, I'll give myself an 8 out of 10. <laughs> but on patience, ooh, if you met my wife, you'll know why I'm running at a 2. Nuh-uh. No. When you bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, first, firstly, it is God who's bearing it, manifesting it through you. Secondly, it all comes through. You have the engagement. You have the richness. You have the wealth of all of it. All of it. Love. Flowing through you. Joy flowing through you. Peace flowing through you. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Flowing through you. Beginning with your thoughts. Working through your will. Romans chapter 12 verse. That's the surrender part. Every day, the surrender part. And finally... The love of God, the, 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 the character of God flowing through you. Well, let's end with verse 24, 25. Those, that's you, who belong to Jesus Christ, that's you, have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When did that happen? It happened back in chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me and the life I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So those who belong to Jesus Christ, not just behave like Jesus Christ. It doesn't say behave like it says those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified, have it's done. It's not. He's not saying they are crucifying. It's done. It's done. So Jeremy Dawson needs to go lie down in some grave. Jeremy Dawson needs to go lie on some grave because it, because it is Jesus at the wheel. It is Jesus at the wheel. Verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, okay? Number one, walk by the Spirit. Number two, led by the Spirit. Number three, live by the Spirit. These are graduations. These are graduations. If we live by the Spirit, let us also now keep in step with the spirit and now he's going to go into character overflow in this chapter and the next chapter and we will talk about that next next week if we live by the spirit then of course and the if is not uh, maybe it'll happen it says if that's the case which it is if that's the case which it is if we live by the spirit let us also now keep in step with the spirit so you are not being guided by the law okay don't do this don't do this no no don't do this that's not no you're being guided by the spirit you've been guided by the spirit the Spirit will tell you, this is what I'm doing through you. The Spirit is telling you, this is how I need you to, uh, to work with me. The Spirit will tell you, phone that person. The Spirit will tell you, think about that person. The Spirit will bring a name, a face, a situation. <coughs> and it will guide you, lead you into acts of righteousness. Into acts of, of holiness. And, and you'll find the character character and you'll find the work of God working through you. What work? What work? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are the workmanship of God, prepared far in advance for us to do. For we are the workmanship of God, prepared far in advance. Wonderful works that God has planned for you. So your life then becomes a conduit of the character of God and an instrument of the work of God. Your life becomes a conduit of the character of God and an instrument of the work of God. And life is good. LG, life is good. Life is good when you're when the Spirit of God takes over. When the Spirit of God is running your life, you're not battling with every thought because the Word of God does that at the thought level. You're not battling in the will because the Spirit of God is, you've surrendered, I'm crucified. And you're not struggling with your behavior because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is just flowing through you like a river, like a river. So what you want, my brothers and sisters, is more word, In you and more spirit through you. Are you thirsty? Jesus says in John chapter 7. If anyone is thirsty. Come. Come to me and I will give to you water. Water that doesn't go into you. But water that comes out through you. A river of life flowing through you. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for water that comes from within? Because the water that comes from without comes into you, you will be thirsty again. But from the water, the water that comes from within springs up from within a well of life and satiates you beyond compare. And you will never struggle to be patient with somebody, struggle to be envious, struggle to be, because you're full and overflowing. All of this is not a list that you should do. All of this is the work of the Holy Spirit that he does through you and in you. And it is a gift to you. It's time you changed your mind. It's time you changed your mind from trying to be a good person. Stop trying to be a good person. And start trying to be an available person. Because God wants a body. God wants a body to manifest the character of Christ through. I beseech you brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable work of worship. This is your reasonable sacrifice of worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know His good, perfect, and acceptable will. You are precious. God struggles to see you struggling so much, God hurts to see you in so much anxiety rushing around like like with all the worries of this world look at the birds of the air look at the lilies of the field they don't fret they don't they don't worry so much because they know their heavenly father and you are worthy more much worth more than them won't he provide for you Even before you ask. He's for you, not against you. He's not grading you. He's not measuring you. He's not evaluating you. You are not on the stand. You are not under the law. You're free. Don't act like a slave's kid. Act like a son in the house. And go back to your dad. Go back to your father. Spirit of the living God, do what only you can do. To take this word to the depths and, and the crevices of our heart. Convert us. Cleanse us. Captivate our hearts. Set us free. Nourish us. Heal. Destroy the work of the wicked one. Destroy the works of the flesh in our life. Hick us, O oh God, we are your people. This flesh is nothing. It will burn down in seven minutes. But this spirit you have placed within us, and your Holy Spirit you have given to us. In this jar of clay, heaven is united. Heaven is united. The Spirit of God within us. We in Christ and the Father of God and the Holy Father holding us up with his arms and covering us with his wings the promise of God in our minds the will of God in our hearts and the acts of God through our lives shouldn't our life be easy come take my yoke upon you Jesus says for my yoke is light Give me your yoke. Teach us, Lord, to surrender. Teach us to hand over. Teach us to understand what is your will. Your good, perfect, acceptable will. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore. Amen. I'm Jeremy Dawson and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know, write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.